0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Outlet Bureaus. I'm your host, Brian Hayward. Check me out on Twitter at bangbangkush. I don't get on there much. Give me a reason to. Give me a follow. And uh, maybe I'll get back on to doing some uh, posting there on Twitter. Always a good time over there on Twitter. Solo again today. Uh, Episode 2 for Season 3. I know we, uh, you know... Aren't as uh, frequent as we used to be and, uh, you know, life happens, but we are in the midst of racing season, kind of in the middle of racing season, if you will. So it hasn't really started, but it kind of has, but it's getting ready to kick off real soon. So we want to shout out our sponsor at LogoWareUnlimited.net. That's LogoWare, LLC. Carmen and Brian Kidder doing some excellent things, always taking care of us. Going to get some new merch for my cousin Cody and uh, the Hot Lap Heroes Bunch going. So, Cody just had a race car bought. He's been working on it. We've been working on it, I should say, and he'll be ready to do some practice actually this coming Sunday. We'll talk about that here in a second. Um, but, logo wear, they will do anything for you t shirt, print, design, embroidery. Uh, Carmen listened to the last podcast and then reached out to me and said, Brian, I know our old embroidery machine was down for so long. Uh, she didn't know when they were going to be able to get it fixed, so they ordered a new one. So she will be back up and running here in about a month for embroidery. So be patient if you're wanting that embroidery through them, but they are working diligently to get that new one installed and um, programmed and getting trained on that. So they'll be able to do a lot of things. She even said she could do a racing suits. So if you need to get your racing suits embroidered, she can do that too. LogoWare, they do it all. They make it easy. You can even have an online store if you wanted to, which is great for you racers that don't want to tote a bunch of shirts to the track. You can just tell your fans to go to the online store she creates. They can click and order the size they want, pay her, the money goes to you, and it's pretty simple, and you can do all of that at LogoWearLimited.net, or just get a hold of Brian or Carmen, and they can help you out there. They're located in Metamora, Illinois. So, thank you to Carmen and Brian for helping us out on here on Hot Lap Heroes. So it's been a, it's been a while um, since I really did some show notes. Um, so so I, I got a playing show today. Most of the time I've just kind of been winging it, you know, and uh, and I'm not winging it like a wing sprint car. Although those are fun to watch, you know, they are they're very fun to watch. But no, I I got us in a. a little plan today, so we're kind of just going to roll through that, and uh, we'll uh, just kind of make things a little easier, and you won't get too lost in the conversation, and and there's really not a lot going on today, well, I mean today, but in this episode, there are some things I do want to cover, there's some some shakeups and crew chief changes, Uh, a a very good modified driver getting a chance in a late model, Uh, another late model driver getting into a Longhorn. Uh, we'll talk about the rap conspiracy, the rap guys, and the rap issues that a lot of racers see. Um, you know, we'll also talk about some like weather that's impacting some racing schedules. We'll talk about some practice dates here locally, some big races, some scheduling changes for some races. And, um you know, just whatever else I feel like talking about. I do want to talk about some glaring issue that I started a couple weeks ago about a initiative to get a certain um, class on the docket at the Dome Race. So we'll, uh, we'll cover that as well. But, uh, you know, I like to start off normally just kind of a little here and there bullcrapping, you know, telling you what's going on, what's not, but we'll shake it down. And uh, we'll get right into it. You know, what's going on in the world of racing? And uh, some of these things here, I'll I'll explain to you uh, what's going on. So if you remember me talking about Garrett Smith's crew chief, supposedly Cody Mallory, supposedly parting ways uh, with uh, Garrett Smith's performance, that was true. And uh, some of us may have found out this morning when they woke up that, uh, welcome, Randall Edwards, I call him Cheeseburger, uh, he actually vacated his spot at uh, Best Performance Motorsports. You know he's been with Tyler Herb for several seasons. Um, apparently, moving on over to Garrett Smith Performance, and that is a great move. That is a game changer for Garrett Smith. And if you remember, I've talked very highly of this kid. And not only did he win the Dirt Track World Championship race last year, which is which is a phenomenal effort and and historic actually, uh, that he was able to do that. But this is a great move for Garrett Smith performance and Garrett Smith racing in general because they are instantly upgraded. Not that Cody Mallory is not an intelligent human being, but I just feel like Cody has a lot of issues maintaining um, consistency in the in the in the pits, and whether if he is an ego or traveling issues or drama or what have you, I don't un, I don't know and I won't speculate. But there was obviously something going on there. That wasn't working for GSP and uh, Garrett Smith and his family uh, own team. It, there, something wasn't gelling right with him and Cody. Cody. And, uh, you know, from what I saw, I, well, I was there at the PDC last year when um, Garrett was able to get the lead with, like, one to go or two to go and Tyler Bruning and uh, – Oh, who was it? Uh, uh, was it Kyle Brownson or Devin Rand? Well, they were racing hard and they got into one another, and Garrett was able to get by and get that three thousand dollar win that night and locked him into like a front row starting spot for the PDC. Uh, so, you know, I I seen Cody and he was working hard on the car there, so I didn't I didn't see anything there that would determine that they weren't getting along or weren't gelling. But I I don't want to speculate, so I won't. But Randall Edwards coming on board now. Uh, you know, I'm just going to read you some of this press release here. Garrett Smith Performance has tabbed Randall Edwards as the new crew chief of the Terminal Maintenance and Construction Back Number 10, effective immediately. A crew chief for over 30 years, the Alexandria, Louisiana native, joins Garrett Smith Performance with an established resume in the sport of dirt late model racing. He does have an established uh, resume, for sure. Celebrating hundreds of victories and numerous, numerous championships through his career, The 48-year-old has called the shots for drivers such as Billy Moyer, big name, Earl Pearson Jr., Daryl Lannigan, Josh Richards, Brandon Shepherds, and most recently recently Tyler Erb. Now, that vacancy does kind of make me wonder who's going to fill in the shoes for Tyler Erb. I've reached out to some of the heads in racing that would know, but they could not confirm who is going to take over for um, best performance motorsports. So I'm sure when when we find that out, we'll let you guys know. Um, You know... Here is uh, Randall said he's really excited to work with Garrett for whatever reason. It always seems like I've been pretty good with these younger kids starting out, just showing kind of showing them the ropes and the right guidance. He can definitely be one of the best. He's got a lot of talent and his dad, Scott, is definitely behind him 100 percent to see that he does make it. And that is a good thing. Now Scott Scott's a good into uh, a good dude, and he's a he's a fun individual to be around. I also had the pleasure of hanging out with him all weekend at the Prairie Dirt Classic last year. He's a fun guy, you know. Uh, he might stay out a little late and have a couple adult beverages with the with the fans, and and he's a, he's a heck of a time. And I know I know he was enjoying my. Um, American uh, American flag attire all weekend there so Scott Smith shout out to you man but he's committed to his son running good and and I, I really think Randall's gonna do a lot of good things for this team mainly you know setting the car up consistently getting them to just be more consistent and I think really they're they're fast they've got a fast car. That rocket is a fast rocket, and, uh, you know, I think Garrett's just young, and he's got to work on that longevity, and maybe Randall can kind of help him understand what, what it takes to run 100-lap races. Um, Garrett's not really used to those, but he's going to become very used to those big crown jewel event races when he starts running on this Lucas series when it gets into full effect, so, you know, it's it's awesome. Uh, I'll keep reading here. The veteran wrench is set to lead 19-year-old Garrett Smith's rookie campaign with the Lucas Oil 8 Model Series in 2023. Now, here's what Garrett had to say. I am super excited to have Randall join our race team this season. Our team is, was ready for a change, and I really feel good about having Randall as my crew chief moving forward. Our team is going to be ran different now than how it was in the past, and me and my team will be able to enjoy going up and down the road a little bit more now. See, when you read that, This is where I said I'm not going to speculate, but our team is going to be ran different now than how it was in the past. And me and my team will be able to enjoy going up and down the road a little more now. See, now what that makes it seem like is maybe there was some rumblings and grumblings that maybe they weren't getting along. Maybe Cody just, you know, I don't know. But it just sounds like things weren't gelling, really. Um, And that's what I can derive from that. But the brand-new driver and crew chief duo will make their first starts together on March 17th and 18th at Atomic and Browntown Speedway for a Lucas Oil late-model Dirt Series Double Header. So check that out. Um, for more information on that, please visit www.lucasdirt.com. Oh, boy, I don't I read all these sponsors. But, Garrett, I love you, man, so I'm going to do it. Garrett Smith Performance would like to thank all his great sponsors for their support. Terminal Maintenance and Construction, Atlanta Paving and Concrete Construction Incorporated, the world-famous Cadillac Ranch, Senior Life Insurance Company, JM Custom Laser, Dirt Car Lift National Auto Parts, SRI Performance, Go Lithium, Base Racing Fuel and Oil, Fox, Schrader, Schaefer's Oil, k Filters, Hoosier Racing Tire, Rocket Chassis, Vic Hill Racing Engines, LLC, Slicker Graphics, and Cole Perkins Media and Promotions. Stay connected with Garrett Smith Performance by following our Facebook page or his Facebook page, Garrett Smith Performance, and Twitter handle at Garrett underscore Smith ten. All right, good news for them. I'm I'm really happy for what uh, I know. Blake and I like to call him Scary Gary. Uh, I got a different nickname for Garrett Smith, and I, I call him the the new or what I call him. you know, smooth operator. No, the new operator. No, I think it was the young operator. He he looks so similar to Bobby Pierce. It is weird. And I made a meme about them, uh, the stepbrothers picture. I put Bobby's and and Garrett's face on there, and, and they both loved, they thought that was funny. And and to be honest, when you look at Bobby and Garrett t- next to one another in, in certain pictures, man, do they look very similar. <clears throat> but uh, I'm partial to that Scary Gary uh, nickname he's got. Now that that's from his buddies, you know Blake Brown, my buddy. He, uh, you know, G- Scary Gary, and Blake's helped out um, uh, Garrett, and Garrett helps out Blake. So. They got a good friendship, and I'm sure that will continue to happen. Uh, you know, and and whoever Blake hangs around, man, Blake hangs around some good people and some fast people. So if you're friends with Blake Brown, you know you're you're somebody in my book, cause uh, you you got it going on, you know, to be honest. But uh, you know, hopefully this is a great things for Garrett. Garrett, if you're listening, man, I wish you the best, brother, and I hope things happen, and I hope Randall is a big, huge improvement to your racing program, and I believe it will be. So. Yeah, that's, uh, that's big news. So uh, where, where's who's going where? Now, I heard that Cody Mallory went over to help Mark Richards. I don't know if that's full time, but he went over to help Mark Richards. And now look at Hudson O'Neill whipping some ass in, in that rocket, you know. That was another thing I did want to catch touch on real quick, too. Uh, kind of getting off track, but I'll stay within my notes here was the resurgence of Longhorn and then Rocket kind of falling apart and now Rocket getting back into it, winning right there at the end of Volusia. And and man, that really pissed a lot of people off on the internet, man. Uh, A lot of big Longhorn riders and a lot of Rocket haters, but you know, it's good to see chassis battles going on this early in the year. Yeah, Longhorn won a shit ton of races. I believe Peyton Freeman's, um, merchandise page commented on one of our posts that I made about one of the memes of uh, Rocket and Longhorn. They said, yeah, well, you know, Longhorn only won the first 14 races, so whatever. Well, here's the thing. It doesn't matter how many races Longhorn Chassis wins. If Rocket can win some of those, it's great for the sport. So just remember that. Just remember that. Uh, You know, there's another thing, Rocket Raceway Park. That's over there in Petty, Texas. The USMTS uh, Touring Series was supposed to be running there, uh, I believe. is supposed to be running there this weekend, but um, this has already been pushed back. And there, there was a post that said, please hold all phone calls, text messages, and PMs. We are in the process of evaluating the facility, and we'll update everyone on our plans within the next few hours. Thanks, and stay tuned to our Facebook page. That's in Petty, Texas. So I'm assuming bad weather moved through the area. And uh, they're putting the call to hold off just you know until they can make a call because uh, they've already had to push this race back for bad weather, I believe last week. Um, yeah, so uh, with rain expected, the US MTS uh, Modified Touring Series will now be racing Saturday and Sunday at Rocket Raceway Park. So Saturday, tentatively uh, March fourth, qualifying hot laps are at 5:15, racing begins at 5:45. Sunday, March 5th, the uh, qualifying hot laps at 3.30 and race begins at 4. So, like I said, this this had already been uh, pushed back. Um, you know, with rain chances on Wednesday and Thursday, we have decided to push back the 13th annual USMTS United States Modified Touring Series Spring Nationals presented by Summit Racing Equipment to Saturday and Sunday. So they had to push it back just a few days. Their future class will be the United States Modified Touring Series. Modified racing 10,000 to win on Saturday and 5,000 to win on Sunday. So hopefully they can make that work out for them. I know weather's a huge time uh, thing at this time of year in Texas. I heard maybe there were some tornadoes that rolled through. And uh, look on the on Facebook, somebody had said maybe there was a tornado touchdown there in that area. Somebody else was quick to say no, that wasn't. So I wasn't able to confirm or deny that. So we'll just leave that up to you to figure out after you read this podcast or listen, excuse me, listen to this podcast, not read it. And it'd be hard to read a podcast. But uh, yeah, hopefully they can get that uh, going there. If you do attend... Saturday. Here's your your pits open at 2. General admission opens at 4. Drivers meeting 445. Draw closes at 515. Qualifying and hot laps at 515. Racing 545. Adult pit passes $45. Kids pit passes 6 to 10, $20. Five and under free. I didn't get the general admission there. I just kind of screenshotted that picture. Uh, so get on out there to Rocketweight Raceway Park in Petty, Texas for the 13th annual Summit Spring Nationals. That'll be a good, good one. Hopefully, y'all can get it in, and hopefully, y'all can have some uh, good time racing down there. i seen some big-name drivers heading down there. Kate Diller was going to go down there, uh, Will Krupp, a bunch of other names were going down there as well to race. So, What about this, though? I didn't find much info on it, but Ethan Dotson, look at that modified standout, getting a chance to wheel a super late model. He will be competing in the Schaefer Spring Nationals uh, Friday, March 3rd at Swainsboro Speedway. That's going to be on Flow Racing. Pit gates open 3 p.m. Grandstands open at 4.30 p.m. Drivers meeting 5.30. Hot laps start at 6. Grandstands $30 adults, $25 kids for 6 to 11. Pits $45 for adults, $35 uh, for kids ages 6 to 11. I guess you're an adult after you turn 11 in the pits, apparently. <laughs> That's like kind of odd. But I guess kids are you know 13 years old and they're racing these days, so I guess maybe that makes you an adult. So, uh, you know, the super late models, $31,700 $31, purse, 53 laps. Not bad. <laughs> it's $10,053 to win. Uh, 604 crate late's gonna have a thousand to win. 602 late, 700 to win. Street stock, 600 to win. Road warrior, 500 to win. Crown Vic pros, $100. Crown Vic juniors, $100. Though. a lot of racing going on down there. You know, one thing about down south and racing is the amount of late model classes they have. I mean, up here up north in the Midwest, we got supers and crates. We don't have 604 crates, 602 crates. We don't have lates. I mean, it's just so many. I'm not making fun of it. I just, you know, in down south it's different. If you got a fast car up in the in the Midwest, and you take it down to some of these smaller tracks down south, you you'd have a, a a fighting shot to win. And you may be a tenth place car up here in the Midwest, and you run down south on some of these tracks and you whip the field by three seconds. It's just the amount of money. And, um, time that people have, I mean, you, you don't believe this, but some people really are living, you know, dollar for dollar out there and and putting every last single dollar they have into their car and they have to win the race in order to eat that week. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's a pretty serious addiction to some of these people and some people it's a lifestyle. So some people forget that, but you know, I think, uh, up here in the Midwest, we're a little bit more like, um, how she say that, um, spoiled to have such great competition and. And fast cars and everybody that comes out really has an uh, ultimately has a chance to win there's there are some back markers and people that have a very small budget that want to go out and experience super late model racing sure sure that happens i know uh, cole Swibel has had a, a budget you know to run in, in the mid pack and and he's had success went down to arkansas won his first heat race ever down there never been to the track i mean it just kind of shows you the technology and in down south there the the technology might be a little outdated and they're running older cars and you bring up a, a ten-year-old newer car down south, you might have a chance to win. I mean, so you'll 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 understand where I'm going if you if you're down south watching racing down there. But the good old boys down south, man, they 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 run on what they got, and uh, if they don't got much, they still make that work. So not 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 a dig at anybody running down south for, at all. Uh, I just know that y'all got to do with what you can do. You know, and uh, we we have the um, the luxury up here to have brand new cars every couple seasons. It seems like uh talking about new cars fergie time chris ferguson he had a youtube video out and i think he got everybody up in arms they're like uh longhorn yeah he's not switching to longhorn but he did get a longhorn chassis in his stable still has his bloomquist zero car everybody was freaking out thinking that he changed and all this no he still has a, a bloomquist car he just wanted to get on the Longhorn bandwagon, apparently. So, good luck to him. Um, you know, I kind of hope that Fergie has a good year in that, in that Longhorn. He's in such a great car. He really has such a great car for as small of a team as he has. Like, the things that he does with his team is pretty amazing you know they're doing it out of a pretty small garage i mean i know he's had some big wins and that's pole vaulted him and helped him but for the most part if you've seen his shop it's just a two stall garage and they work hard out of that place and and they've done a lot of stuff so i think uh this new longhorn car of his is going to be a pretty nifty when you um when he uh, gets that out on the track for sure and um it'll be uh it just be it'll be interesting to see so uh, good luck to him and uh, hopefully he has some success in that. Oh, I was looking for something that I wanted to talk about and it was the Illini 100 and it was updated schedule and um, here it is. So this year for the Illini 100, these are your classes. You've got Prolates, Extreme Midgets, and late models. Now, I know generally they're modified classes. They only pay like 600 to win. So I'm not as, you know, I'm not as upset to see that they don't have modifieds on this. But they have late models, pro-lates, and these extreme midgets. Now, that is what's causing a lot of uh, grumblings on Facebook. Uh, a lot of people saying they don't want to see push and flips. And I listen, I'm not here to hate on midgets. I think they're a pretty interesting car. And a pretty interesting series to watch. They have their uh you know, they have their big races and stuff, Chili Bowl and the Power Eyes and the USAC. I mean, they've they've got a lot of good races, so don't get me wrong, but to see uh midgets, you know, I'd like to see the street stocks. And and then Saturday, excuse me though, Friday they have late models, Saturday they do have modified, so excuse me. I do apologize. Uh, Friday would be the Outlaw Late Models, World of Outlaws Late Models, uh, Extreme Midgets, and then the Pro Late Models on Friday, Saturday, World of Outlaws, Extreme Midgets, and Modifieds. It's sad to see that the street stocks aren't on there because I know, and we'll talk about it here at the end of the show because I want to give you guys my opinion on it. Um, I, I know people don't like street stocks, but, man, I tell you what, I announced on Flow, and I had some of the best street stock race I had ever seen. When I got to call it, too, it was great with, with Patrick Tavis. It was, it was amazing. It was at Lincoln for the Osmond Memorial Race, this is the last one of the first night of two. And, uh, I mean, it was great. The racing was great. It wasn't a blowout. There was four cars battling for the lead almost at all the time. So, maybe the Street Stocks, uh, a little disappointed to not see them on the card this year. But, uh, Midget's taking their place. Eh, you know, you're going to have some people that aren't very happy about that. And, you're going to have some people that really could care less. But hey, you know what? Give it a shot. I'm a big firm believer of let something go off before you try to kill it. Let them experiment. And if it's a failure, then tell them it's a failure. I, you know, I get it. It takes forever to get these cars pushed off. And every time one flips, they got to stop the cars and then they got to repush them. So yeah, you know, I get that. But Farmer City is a wide-open track. You know, it's only got walls into three and four, and if you get off the front stretch real far off the horse track into the front stretch, well, you got issues. But uh, I think it'll be a good race, so let's just be positive about it and hope that it works out. They're paying 4000 to win. I mean, that's a lot of money for midgets. So you, I would expect to see 35 to 45 cars show up for that, you know. Um, hopefully. I hope. Th- I hope so. I really do hope so. You kind of wanted to talk about that, but also Farmer City practice this Sunday locally. I, they have some practices going on this Sunday, noon to four. They have it on this Sunday. Then they have it the twelfth, which is next the Sunday after that. Then the nineteenth and the twenty-sixth. All practices from twelve to noon, or excuse me, noon to four. And all classes are allowed to go there and practice, which is great because then on the 18th and the 25th, Peoria has their open practices. So if you want to practice at Peoria, you don't have to worry about missing a practice at Farmer, which is nice that they do that. Peoria and Farmer race a lot, uh, a lot sooner than Spoon River does and I believe before Fairbury. So local tracks around here are uh, going to be the two tracks that you're going to see people practicing at um, because they're open early and they race you know, earlier in the year. Uh, because the first race of the year is the World of Outlaws I 100 at Farmer City. So uh, I believe Peoria's is the last week of March or the first week of April. It's it's I'm almost positive it's the first week of April. We'll see. <clears throat> My cousin Cody's going to be heading over there Sunday. I can't because I have to work. Otherwise, I'd be there with him and I'd probably be like, hey, let me get in that car and turn a few laps at Farmer City. I was supposed to do that in a street stock <clears throat> a year and a half ago. And um, unfortunately, the street stock motor had some issues, and uh, that that didn't happen. So I didn't get to I didn't get to experience the street stock uh, ride around, you know, at Farmer City. But uh, yeah, Cody's going to be going there Sunday. He just got that B mod uh, pretty much ready to go. Just needs a wrap on it, but he's going to go Sunday and and do a little test and tune on it. So if you're looking to practice, Farmer City is the place to be this Sunday, and for the next three following Sundays after that. Oh, let's see what else here. I did have the Farmer City schedule pulled up. We'll go through a couple of the races here. So like I did mention, uh, Thursday, March 30th, the Illini 100 open practice. So get their day early. Friday, March 31st, World of Outlaws 100 late models, 4Ks, extreme midgets, $1,000 pro late models. And then Saturday, you got that actual World of Outlaws Illini 100, $20,000 to win late models, $4,000 to win midgets, and $2,500 to win mods. Uh, then their opening night is technically Friday, April 7th. Um, that's when the track points will start. Another date here. Friday, May 12th, they've got Farmer City 74. That's a big race. <clears throat> that's a Lucas Oil race. <clears throat> Excuse me. Had a, little, had a little milk this morning in my coffee, and that uh, makes me mucusy, so I apologize. <laughs> so Friday, May 12th, Farmer City 74. 25000 to win. That's a Lucas Oil late models and 2000 to win modifieds. Then, just a couple weeks after that, Friday, May 26th, $5,000 to win Mars Late Model Series, plus $2,000 to win Myers Mods, plus a full show. Full show means late models, modifieds, pro late models, and street stocks. Then you got Friday, June 16th, Matco, Matco Tool Night, $1,000 tool spree to late model winner. Full show, plus the pro mods. Oh, you don't want to miss this day. Friday, June 30th, $5 fan appreciation night, full show in fireworks. Oh, yeah. Then the following Friday, Friday July 7th, bomb Chevrolet Buick, UMP Summer Nationals, 10,000 to win late models plus full show. That's going to be a good one. That's another one towards the end of the season. Friday August 4th, 9th, annual 1,000 pro late model. What up, dog? 40, full show plus pro mods. Hey, and let's check out Friday September 1st, 5,000 to win Mars late model, 2,000 to win Mars mods plus pro late models presented by Casey's General Store. Heck of a show uh, lineup there for Farmer City this year. A great track to go out and watch racing. I've been there a couple of times, and um, as as a crew guy, and it's a it's good racing. It's a fast track, and uh, I believe it's a quarter mile, just a little bit bigger, a little bit wider. One and two is kind of swooping. Three and four is really high speed, man. You get some really good action shots from the photographers going into three and four when they're crushing the quarter panel up against the wall, sparking. That's always a good picture. Or I think that was Cameron Reynolds that rode the wall in that 18. <laughs> Always a good pitcher. Good pitchers in three and four. Good racing. Very good racing. I don't want to. I don't want to say that there's not good racing at Farmer City because there is. It's a shame that they don't have more of a car count, um, but I think Fairbury takes a lot of that away too. And but being a Friday night show, it gives you options if you want to run Farmer Friday and then run. Um, Prair, uh, excuse me, Fairberry Saturday, or even come to Peoria or venture all the way out to Spoon River. You know, it gives you options, so it's cool to have Friday night lights at Farmer City. Hey, what about World of Outlaws? Once again, weather <clears throat> postpones the Tennessee kickoff at the Smoky Mountain until March 16th, which is supposed to be, there was supposed to be some time. It was supposed to be this weekend that they started at Smoky Mountain. And then in a week and a half after that, they would venture on down to, um, uh Boyd Speedway I believe for the Shamrock 100. So that postponed it and now um with weather they're going to move it to March 16th. It's going to for the the epic southeast triple header with Boyd's. So they'll do that and uh you know that's paying 10,000 to win on March 16th and then joining the Shamrock 100 at Boyd Speedway March 17th and 18th is part of an epic triple header weekend. Um That'll be that'll be a good race, and uh, Ryan Gustin and uh, Chris Smoky Madden got those done last year at uh, at uh, Boyd Speedway last year. So, you know, uh, tough deal, but you know, as expected, this time of year you're gonna see that kind of shit. You know, it's, it sucks. Uh, let's talk about the rookies con um, rookie contest here, or the rookie uh, of the year in uh, in the world of Outlaw. So far, Nick Hoffman's got a 56 point lead on Peyton Freeman. And then uh, in third place there, Johnny Scott. So, you know, uh, Nick Hoffman, we haven't really got to see Nick Hoffman yet this year. And he's going to a lot of places he's probably never been, at least maybe raced in a late model or a modified. So he's going to have some challenges this year. But like I said, really excited to see him. I hope he gets about five, six wins this year and competes for the title, you know. Um, It would be... uh, it would be cool to see Nick Hoppin going up there for a World of Outlaws title. But also, I'm really I'm really <clears throat> vying for Peyton Freeman. I thought that guy did great on the uh, Hill Tour last year in his own equipment, and he looked really consistent. He was always up front. He had a few bad nights, got caught up in some other messes. But for the most part, he looked extremely good. And I, I think with his ride and, and the car he's got right now, man, that Longhorn is fast. And I think he's going to find victory lane a few times this year too, and and maybe potentially give Nick Hoffman a run for his money for rookie of the year contender there for the World of Outlaws. So it's um you know it's it's going to be uh, pretty interesting. Plus you see Brandon Shepard and them all getting a chance, Bobby Pierce and them all getting a chance to to duke it out. So it's going to be uh it's going to be a good couple weeks coming up here. So we'll see what happens with the World of Outlaws when they attack. Smoky Mountain, and then Boyd's the next two nights. You know, I did also want to talk about, and this is um, this is something I believe that needs to be addressed. And uh, I'm not going to be easy on people here, because I want to get my point across. Uh, it's it's about your wraps, okay? So this time of year, and and this is everybody I know. What's what's up with the car? Waiting on the wrap, waiting on the design. Waiting on the rap guy to get my design done. Waiting on sponsors. Let me just tell you and start off by this. Quit being last minute, okay? You know, Wait a minute. I want to back up here a minute. Who's in the shit box? And this is who's in the shit box this week. Anybody who last minutes their raps or sponsors and puts it on the rap guys, y'all are in the shit box. And I'm going to throw in the rap guys that are last minute and not on their shit. Y'all are in the shit box this week too. So let me... Move forward here, Quentin Tarantino. We'll start backwards and move forward. And this is why. So, come the end of race season, say October, right, you should pretty much have an idea of who's going to be on your car next year and what your design is going to be. Now, I know a lot of people change wrap designs throughout the years. Some of them just make mild tweaks. But here's the thing that doesn't change is your mainstay sponsors, your your day one sponsors that are going to stay on that car, you know are going to be there. So you always have their PDFs and their forms to make sure that they're going to be on that car and you know where to access those sponsors and where to get their PDFs for your rap guys. And your rap guy should have those on hand, right? Sponsors should not be an issue with part of your wrap. You should always have your sponsors ready to go. Okay. And here's another thing. A lot of times you're not going to get aluminum till the beginning of the year because a lot of people that race daily or weekly cannot afford to buy 30 sheets of aluminum themselves. That's a lot of money. You're almost $100 a sheet. So most of the time, auto body shops or racing fabrication shops or people that have a shop that can get, you know, multiple hundred pieces of metal get ordered in. They take their order. They wait to get their order until they can get so many till the shipping is pretty much free. Because if you want to order 10 sheets of aluminum, get it shipped to your house, it's it's ridiculous, okay? So if, if you have that opportunity to make um, a purchase, a large purchase of aluminum, do it before the end of the year. Get it as soon as you're building your bodies for this year. And if you're building a body for your car this year, buy two bodies worth, so you have it. If you can afford that, and you know you're going to tear your shit up, and you're going to and you're going to fix your shit a bunch of times. Buy buy multiple sheets of aluminum enough to do two or three sheets of skins on your car. I know this is this sounds asinine, but this this also helps the wrap process. I'll use an I'll use a reference here. My buddy Blake Brown, he knows he's gonna tear shit up on his car. This kid's always got sides r- ready to go. He's got sheets to cut out. And he's also got sides cut out. And he's also got wraps already with him from Slicker Graphics. They send him they send him vinyl for him to install himself because he knows he knows he's going to tear stuff up. So he is ahead of the curve. Everybody needs to be more like Blake Brown when you're trying to if you want your car to look brand new every race and you know you're going to tear stuff up, have extra aluminum to fix your your metal and have the extra wraps printed off so that you can adhere them to your new metal so you don't go out there with a rear quarter panel and nothing on it because you don't have a wrap. That just looks unprofessional. Your sponsors aren't going to like that and that's just bad on your part. Now I get it. If it happens at the track and oh crap I forgot my right side vinyl. That happens but just, just be prepared for that. And these design guys are busy. They are always busy. There is no time for them to be waiting around for you to get them stuff that you need. You need to know what your rap is going to look like by the end of the year. So if that means working with your with your rap guy during the middle of the season when he's not very busy, you need to be like, hey, I want to make some tweaks to the rap next year. Can you send me some proofs? This will, one, help alleviate the time it takes for them to design your rap at the beginning of the year and also opens that communication door with them where you become better, where you become better communicators with each other. And you can help one another see see things or change things and and it might just help your relationship and who knows they they might want to give you a discount because you you buy so much from them and you know you make working with them easy because I know how a lot of people are right now they're mad at their rap guy or gal they're mad at their company because it's taken them this long to get their rap design well I didn't turn my sponsors in till February 20th I need my rap by March 10th well that ain't no time not only does it take time to design and proof it and then proof it and tweak it, it takes time to print it. Lay the flow over it, overlay it, cut it. And then if they have to install it, they have to go in and install it too. All this takes time. You can't expect wrap guys to just have a a car wrapped in three days and designed. It just does not happen. The people that wrap their cars the same and on big name teams, more than likely get 10 wraps printed off at once, right? They probably order a hundred sheets of aluminum at once. Or they have their own damn machine that prints off their own wraps and they install it themselves. Like my buddy Chase Youngins. I know he does his own stuff. And some people do that. And that's okay. But you local guys need to realize that you're not the only person that has stuff to get done. You're not. So quit acting like that. And it's your fault. It's your fault if it takes you till the middle of February to get all your sponsors logged. They need to be committed to that car before the first of the year. And if they aren't committed by the first of the year, they need to be in within the first week or two, or I'm sorry, you don't put their name on the car, and if they do decide to come on late, you send them to your graphic designer and say, hey, I need a couple stickers printed out to fit over this wrap design. Simple as that. If they don't pay you by the first of the year, then they are not on your car. If they pay you after the first of the year, then... You tell your app guy, I need a couple stickers printed out, and then you slap them on top of the wrap. This will help. Trust me. I used to work in vinyl and print and design, and let me tell you people, especially race car drivers, you're all your own worst enemies. You are the pickiest customer, the pickiest. You want your cars to look phenomenal. You want your t-shirt designs to look phenomenal. You want your hats and everything to look phenomenal, and it is a lot to take in. It's a lot to handle with race car drivers. It really is. Y'all are your own worst enemies. I don't hate you for it. I'm just saying that's the truth. And if you got a bad rap guy, dump him. Don't blast him on Facebook or social media. Just dump him. Just be done with him. Don't go out and tell everybody else he's bad because he may have been bad for you, but he may not be bad for everybody else, whether he likes you more or you buy more from him or you're a better driver than him or he just doesn't care about you. Don't be blasting him on social media. If they screw you over and take your money and don't do the job, that's when you blast them on Facebook, social media. You're allowed to. That's fine. But don't bash somebody because it didn't work out for you. Let their own business be their advertisement, if you will, or their reviews. Okay? Somebody didn't make a deadline. Oh, my God. You know how much that happens at this time of the year? Do you know if a rap guy tells you it's going to be done the second week of April or whatever? I'm just using April and it's done on the second week and third day of April, I guarantee they were working their ass off to try to get that to you. So please don't just think that they're out there being lazy. They are so want this time of year. It would be best if you would be more prepared on your end to help them help you. Try to keep your app designs the same with small tweaks. That's the best thing I can tell you because then it's already on file, and all I have to do is hit print and update sponsors. And also, don't expect a miracle on their part when you didn't do your part. All the things I just explained. That's why y'all are in the box That's why your shitbox isn't wrapped. That's why you're upset. Maybe you're new to racing, like my cousin. My cousin's new, has a black chassis, black f- body, doesn't have a wrap on it yet. But he also got his stuff in as soon as he could. But it just so happened to be right in the thick of racing season prep. So... You know, he's going out to practice without a wrap on his car. I just said, don't hit the wall, man. Just stay away from the wall. It's fine. You can wash your car off. When they get it wrapped, they can put it on there. It'll be fine. Some guys don't like to have their wrap done for practice, just in case they do tear shit up and they got to fix it. Some people want their stuff done. Like my cousin, don't get me wrong. He wants his stuff done. He's not a procrastinator. He, We helped build that car in, in a, less than a month after he got it. Um, so just, you know, circumstances. I get it. Things happen. But if you can help this rap guy or gal out, do it. If you just want to procrastinate and wait, that's your own damn fault. And remember that. And that's why you were in the shit box. Let's help each other out. Let's understand those things. And if we do that, we'll come to that realization of, wow, yeah, this worked a lot better when I just did the things that I needed to do. And then my rap wasn't getting here two days or the night before my first race i want to touch on this because i made quite a stink and um i did a poll a couple weeks ago on facebook and i asked everybody if the dome was to add one more class to its uh card for the 2023 season what would it be and i gave you a choice between b mods and street stocks and through the course of the next 24 hours it was pretty damn evident that everybody would want to see street stocks over B-Mods. So when I woke up and I seen the reactions, I thought, you know, I had this idea. I'm like, hey, I wonder if if I started a GoFundMe to try to raise like $10,000 to put towards the purse to get street stocks on the docket for the dome race in December. I wonder if that'd be possible. So first I thought, well, I probably better reach out to Dirt in December. So I got on their website. I emailed them and told them my intentions. And then I created the GoFundMe page. And the first person that donated was Randy Summers, which is Cody Summers' dad. Summer, not Summers. Everybody says Summers. Um, Randy Summer was the first one that donated to the GoFundMe the intentions, if I didn't get the uh, the ten thousand dollars donated, I was going to donate the money to my my charity that I do my business with is Best Buddies International or Best Buddies Illinois. My buddy Ryan Lacoste uh, became a good friend of mine several 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 years ago, actually over a decade ago, and he got involved with um, Best Buddies and uh, what they do, and I've always been behind that since day one. So of course uh, I would put the money there if we didn't raise the ten thousand dollars. So immediately. Created this buzz, and people were talking about it. I mean, street stocks races were sharing it. Some people thought that they were getting added to the card. Some people could, couldn't understand why I was trying to fundraise because they thought it was a scam. It wasn't. I really was just trying to fundraise enough money to show that there was an interest in having the street stocks at the Dome. And at the end of the day, ultimately, they just weren't going to be considered for the race this year. But i did receive an email from cody summer stating that and saying that he really appreciated the initiative i took to show that there was an interest in street stocks and uh honestly i was met with a lot of criticism naysayers track people are track people bashing the idea saying the track shit. Uh a lot of negativity surrounded around that and you know uh, i like to take the high road when most of this stuff comes up so I, uh, I try to see the best in everybody and the potential for everything. I don't like to be negative about things because I don't believe that's how you make things work, is by being negative. Sure, people stating facts, but once again, people stated facts of things that hadn't happened. You can't tell me that this is going to be a failure when it's never been done. And I was a little frustrated by this because I still feel that street stock racers put on some of the best races. They really do, and some of you may not agree with that, and that's okay. And if you don't want to spend your hard-earned money to go to a show that has street stocks as the marquee event, you don't have to. That's fine. Uh, The idea here was to say that I believe the Dome is a great showcase for local racers, no matter what series they run in, to put their cars out on the track and give them an opportunity to put on a show. Uh, There was a lot of things that were unknown in this, too, that maybe created the negativity of me not putting together a rules package for an imaginary event that wasn't going to happen. I wanted simply to see if people would be willing to donate money to try to get street stocks on the card. Uh, The the rules would come out after we had raised enough money to to see that it could actually have been a real thing. Looking back, I, I should have done a little bit more on my end to put together a spec, if you will, finger quotes, uh, rules in place, so that way the competitors and the fans and, and sponsors alike would have seen this and been like, okay, yeah, I could get behind something like this. But the overwhelming amount of hatred towards the street stock division and the overwhelming amount of, finger quotes, facts that people were given about why street socks don't deserve to be at the Dome, blah, 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 blah. Listen, I heard all of them. And I read as many comments as I could, and I did my best to respond back to those that I thought were worthy of responding back to. Uh, Some people thought it was a great idea and think that street stocks do deserve to have a chance at the Dome. Even Cody Summers, a street stock racer in the past, and a street stock champion at the Bureau County Speedway, his local track where he was from in Princeton, Illinois. Okay, He and his father love street stock racing. His father... Not much to do with Cody's uh, business opportunities, and but he does have a part in the dome. He does help screen drivers and stuff like that, I think, but he does have a part, and he was very big into that, and I so I thought with him being on board and talking with him, we we were both working together to try to get people to understand that this race could very well happen, but a lot of people are like, oh, make it a separate weekend and don't do invite only, and listen... There's a certain amount of time that that track has to be built, raced on, and then taken down because other events are scheduled for that place. I know there's like an arena cross deal or a super crossing that comes in several weeks later. I mean, that all has to be cleaned, and then they have to bring the dirt back in and shape a track. You know, monster trucks come in there. There's a lot of events going on at that vacant now dome where the Rams used to play football. So this is not a thing that can happen in a two-week time span. It has to happen on that weekend. You know, and I'll go back to this. The Midgets put on a pretty decent show, but they didn't support themselves. That's why they weren't coming back. So that, why, that is why the idea I got was like, hey, let's, let's see if Street Stocks could make it, you know, a decent show. Invite 40 to 50 of the best Street Stock racers from around the country, open up a general set of rules to allow for a competitive race, and let's pay at a pretty decent rate, you know, pay pretty decent amount of money to win. But the feedback I got was a lot of, you know, a lot of bad, and and that's okay. But I chose to go after the good, and the good stuff was good. Had good points. A lot of racers uh, wanted to be part of that. Wanted wanted to join that movement. And I still think we made quite a stir. In order for this to happen, I believe we made good. I mean, we made good headways in order for that to do it. You know and and my peers at hot lap heroes weren't for it so not all of them but some of them weren't some of them were like brian that's crazy if it works it works but i i I think you're a little a little cuckoo cuckoo for trying to attempt to get street stocks uh at the dome and okay so what you know what i'm not opposed to putting my all into something and it failing and going, well, hey, you know what? I gave it a solid effort. A lot of people gave a lot of effort on the keyboards to talk a lot of things about street stock racers, the street stock divisions, and how the races would be without even knowing, because they didn't see it happen. You know, and that's the thing that pisses me off is people are so quick to kill things off before they can even become a thing, it scares other people away from something that could become something by the way of the internet and the negativity. So I just challenge everyone to start looking at things with a positive light and a positive attitude. And I know you racers can't do that because you want to be fast, and you want to be faster, and you want the best damn show. But what's to say street stocks wouldn't put on a damn good show? I could name off 20 real good street stock racers that deserve to be at the Dome. And you know what? Street stock racers don't get a lot of credit. They don't have a lot of big-name races. Modifieds, midgets, sprint cars, late models all do. Why not street stocks? I know there's a few of them. Hell, even Hornets have big-paying races. I wouldn't be opposed to seeing Hornets race at the Dome one year. You know, maybe it was a one-year deal. Hey, you street stocks come in, you race one year, and if it goes over good, maybe have them back. If it doesn't, hey, let's put crate late models in there. Okay, if that goes over good, maybe we invite them back. If that doesn't go, hey, let's try the Hornets. Maybe maybe the Dome just cycles in a different class each year for the next couple years. And maybe that's a possibility. But I'm really not giving up on street stocks to the Dome. I'm not giving up on that because I think they will be able to put on a fantastic show in that little bull ring. And people are, well, Brian, they're not going fast enough. Bullshit! Most of these street stocks have quick change rear ends. They can change a gear and get that thing up on... On the, you know, left front lifting up and the ass end down. They can get those things to wheel around there just like a modified or a late model. Obviously not at the same speeds, but they're going to be moving around that track. So I don't want to hear that they're going to be slow and boring. You want to be honest. Late models and modifieds are a complete crash fest down there. So if a street stock race got over and there was like three cautions, that's probably the best race you're going to (laughs) see because... (laughs) <laughs> you're not getting through any heat race without three to five cautions and that's just being like respectfully honest so for people to think that the street stocks wouldn't work in the dome i say wait and see wait until cody summer says all right have our street stocks and you get some of the baddest street stocks down there and they put on a fantastic show and then you're like damn how up here wasn't wrong And maybe we were wrong and i'll admit it if we were but you know what we tried we put in a solid effort to get things to work and we were shot down almost instantly by a lot of people on facebook and i don't care i have big strong shoulders i can shoulder a lot of hate a lot of negativity whatever you throw at me i can shoulder it i just want to be in this for the racers. I want the street stock racers to have that platform and I wanted to be able to be a part to help them make that a reality. Cody even said in an email, it's not out of consideration. They have been wanting to get street stocks at the dome. It's just not on the cards this year. He appreciates the enthusiasm and that's it. Well, I know what I did helped spark that conversation. And whether or not that conversation happens this year, next year, the year after that, you know damn well the street stocks are going to be considered for the Dome, for here to come. So, if anything, we won on that one. We made it. We did it. We got something out of it. We proved that there was enough interest in there, whether they hated it or didn't hate it. The idea of street stocks racing at the Dome is an actual thing. And so now that you have proof That people want to see street stocks at the dome. And I still don't understand where all this hate comes from when it was like one-third of you wanted B-mods. The other two-thirds wanted street stocks. Here's the other thing. I'm not catering to you late models and you modifieds and you hornets and you crate late model drivers. The ones who were probably complaining and bitching. I'm not catering to you. I'm catering to the street stock fans, the street stock racers, the street stock teams, the street stock sponsors and supporters. That's who I'm trying to, that's who I'm aiming at. That's who I'm trying to get to see the judge, The, you know, to see where they are at on that. And, okay, the track's rough. What track isn't rough when you go race on it with a bunch of high-powered horsepower cars and skinny, tired cars that go out there and rip shit up? This dirt that they have is a special dirt they have to use for inside the dome. They can't bring in new dirt because it's not in their contract. They have to use that dirt. So why not? If it's going to be a rough track on the late models and a rough track on the modifieds, we'll bring in another 1,000-pound heavier car and let's see what they do with it. You know, It's all about how you look at things. And if you look at things in the negative perspective, then nothing will ever work. And also, negative people don't like change. That's the thing that I'm getting at. Negativity hates change. The only thing they love about change is they can bitch about it more. So letting change happen is a good thing. Having street stops and the street stocks in the dome is not going to ruin the dome. It's all the people that think they know everything and know the best ways to do everything is what's going to ruin the dome in the atmosphere. okay? It's not adding a class of a lower tier support class that's going to ruin the dome. It's not. Your high-powered late-model teams, your high-power modifying teams—they're going to bring a crowd in, and you know damn well if street stocks get on the card; they're going to bring their crowd in too. And to me, adding more cars sounds like you're going to bring more fans. I don't—I don't know where you guys think you're going to get less fans. Oh, I got to sit through one street stock feature. Oh, God. Oh, I can't. No, I'm not going to the Dome this year. I'm already spending thousands of dollars to go there. I ain't spending a dime more to support some local street stock drivers that race at the same tracks that these damn modified to late miles race at. Hell no. Piss on them. I ain't supporting them. That's how you sound. That is literally how you sound when you say you don't want to see street stocks race at the Dome. And for those of you that are calling it a crown jewel event, it is not. What it is a crown jewel is a crown jewel to the local racing scene in the Midwest that surrounds Missouri and Illinois. That is the crown jewel for the local guys. It ain't a crown jewel for the Lucas and World of Outlaw guys. And yes, I know, Tyler Erb won. I get it. But you know what? Tyler Irv was one of the bigger names there. They didn't have a list of Lucas guys. They didn't have a list of World of Outlaws guys. A lot of these local guys that run around here are the ones that showed up for those races. Just remember how stupid you sounded when you said that the street stocks wouldn't work, and when they get a chance to go down to the Dome and they show your ass it's a good show, I can't wait to hear you guys talk about how great of a show they put on because I would love to jump in the comments and remind you how negative and how bad you said it was going to be when it happened. Each and every one of you that talked about it, I can't wait because if you do get on here and I see the street stock race go down and it happens and it's successful and you get on there and you try to praise it, I'm going to remind you that you didn't praise it before it happened. Oh, now you think it's a cool idea that it happened, but before it happened, you thought it was a terrible idea. Remember that the next time something new comes along and you don't like it. Shut up. If it doesn't concern you, or shut up, sit back, and watch it unfold, become a failure or a success. And at that point, when it becomes a failure, make sure to let me know. DM me. Tell Hot Lab Heroes: you guys are stupid. You guys are idiots. I told you it was going to be a shit show. I told you there was going to be a bunch of crashes. I told you no one was going to show up. When that happens, you can tell me. And until that happens, shut your damn mouth, sit in the seat, pay your damn ticket, and watch some good racing. Now that I got you guys all fired up and I'm a little warm, I'm going to end the show here. You know, it's a good place to end it. Give you something to think about. Something to talk about. Something to listen to while you're driving down the road. But most importantly, it's going to give you something that you remember about street stocks and the street stock racers and the street stock teams and how underappreciated they are in the sport of racing. They come from the bottom. That's where most of the racing started. So remember... The series that you don't watch and you don't like are the ones that actually started and created the racing. Okay? Those are the ones that made these other racers who they are today. Don't forget the supporting classes, folks. And don't forget to support Hot Lap Heroes. Like, follow us on Facebook, check us out on Twitter. And most importantly, until next time, keep it on the high side and bang in the cush. It's Hot Lap Heroes, and we're out.